Hey, I'm Jacqueline Dallas, one of your hosts of The Digital Dive, a conversation about tech. And I'm Darsh, and in this week's episode, we talk about the April Apple event, TCL's rollable phone, and Spotify's first ever hardware product. Roll the intro. Darsh, we've talked about this a lot with Instagram likes and the whole situation, but this week they just came out with a new update that they're going to be rolling out to a small group of people the ability to either keep likes on or off, like have it be a personal choice. I kind of think that this defeats the whole purpose, but throwing it to you, what do you think generally of like this new update, but then also Instagram like getting rid of likes in general? Personally, just for me, I really hope that they bring the likes back. Now, that's because I lost my likes about a year ago or two years ago now. It just never sat right with me because every time I look at one my pictures, I could never look at my likes. That isn't a number or a metric I should really be looking at. But if I want to ever become an Instagram influencer, it is a metric I should be able to look at. So I like the idea that they're giving people the option to do any of the three. Ultimately, though, I feel like there was some kind of pure innocence and I guess just love for their community that was kind of hidden behind the idea of hiding the likes in the first place. Because when they hid the likes in the first place, they were more so trying to encourage the users to focus less on the likes and the comments, the engagement, but more just about sharing what's going on in your life with the people closest to you. And I actually really appreciated that because honestly, it made me a lot less conscious about what was on my Instagram feed. Because I know for a really long time, I was so scared. If I had fewer likes than I should have considering my following, I would just feel like that wasn't like right. And I feel like that's not how it should be. That's very toxic. Yeah. Okay. So kind of weird though, because so you don't see the likes in your photos, but like I can still see them. Lucky. Oh, wait, maybe I can't. Wait, (laughs) let me just check. I I think though that it only blocks it on your end, but I'm going to confirm live right now on the podcast. See, that's the thing though, right? Like it's literally based off of like different people. Yeah. I can still see them. Yeah. Every, that's the thing. My sister can still see them, but I can't, which is like really weird. That's flawed. Yeah. I think the thing with Instagram likes is like, not only do I, and again, like this is, I guess like not an ideal thing to be saying, but it's true. Like I'll look at a photo and if it gets a lot of likes, like I'll feel good about that photo. If it was suddenly removed at my end and I had a photo that got like 40 likes instead of like the typical, like a thousand or something, other people could still see that. Mm -hmm. I still think that there's like a sense of embarrassment tied to that in a weird way. I also think like as a creator, you're kind of judged by how well your content's performing. Yeah. So like it matters in that sense. So unless they get rid of like the likes option for everyone, I still feel like it has negative mental health implications of like you feeling like you're being judged if a photo doesn't perform that well. That said though, Instagram's a company and obviously likes are a metric that keep people on the platform and give them dopamine, hits, etc. Kind of a complicated situation, but I don't think that the solution is to allow people to turn on or off their likes because likes are more of a social thing. It's not just you seeing how many likes you have, but it's also like other people seeing how many likes you have. No, I think that makes sense. I think of anything though, this gives actual users of the platform more autonomy over like what they actually want out of the platform. That's true. To me, like I think that's honestly the way they should have done it from the start when they did that first global test when they kind of just cut off like half the world's ability to see likes on instagram like my own i was honestly just kind of concerned because i was like okay if i ever want to get a brand deal on instagram like no one's gonna be able to see really much of my engagement over time and no one will be able to see like the increase in likes i've gotten over time or the decrease in likes or whatever it may be like those engagement metrics that people would use normally for instagram or influencer deals on instagram i felt like that was kind of a, a downfall of it but i like the idea now that you can kind of turn on or off the likes for the posts i feel like that would be kind of cool so it's like okay for myself I'm going to keep them on, but for everyone else, I'm going to turn them off because I don't care how many other people look at my likes. I just want to be able to see my likes quicker. I'm pretty sure people listening, correct me if I'm wrong, that it's only that you can shut them on or off, but you can't shut them on or off for other people. Oh no, you are, you are right. You are right. You can either hide the number of likes from anyone's posts, turn them off of your posts 
or keep the original post. But you, for example, Darsh, if you decided to shut off the likes in your photos, I'm pretty sure I would still be able to see them. It's just that you would not be able to see them. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> that's what I got. It was just like a couple of tweets about the situation. Definitely feel free to correct us if we're wrong about that, but that's what I think it is. So like, yes, you have autonomy over how you experience the app, but since it's a social media platform, your experience on the app is directly affected by other people's experience on the app. So like just hiding the likes from yourself, like I know, for example, Darsh, your latest photo got 569 likes. That's still a piece of information that I know that you don't. So from a brand perspective or just a social perspective, making it individualistic, I think a little bit defeats the purpose, but I guess time will tell. The whole likes thing, I think the way that they did it is kind of weird where like certain people just do not have the ability to turn them back on right now. Like the fact that you lost your likes is bizarre that you don't have the ability to change that. It's like, if you're going to do it, do it fully or don't do it at all. Go big or go home. Like I don't want to have to deal with the fact that like half my following can see how many likes I got in the last picture and half of like, yeah, my following can't. Even I can't. I feel like that's a little absurd. Like ultimately I can find it because I have like the creator of the business account set up. So I just press insights and I can see it. But I feel like for a lot of other people, they don't get that option. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. Likes just feel kind of dumb in some ways. There are studies where it literally affects people's mental health. And it also obviously affects like as a someone that does this for a living, right? Like I'm obviously affected by how well post performs. And anytime I work with a brand, the metrics I always ask for is like, how many swipes up do you get on stories? How many sticker taps do you get? How many likes do you get? So all those metrics are like really important. And I think honestly, if they remove them, brands will be more likely to reach out to creators that have just like huge following counts because that's the only metric that they can go off of. If they can't see how many likes you're getting on a photo, when they do like those giant lists where they reach out to 50 different creators, they're going to reach out to people that have huge followings on Instagram because they know for sure that at least they're going to get like some type of reach. So I think it could be a little problematic for the creator economy in that sense as well. Oh, 100%. But I feel like also when creators are in conversation with different brands, I think that could also be interesting to see if Instagram leverages this now as an opportunity to give brands like an opportunity to work with or like creators being able to share their analytics with brands directly, brand accounts. I think that could be something that's really cool, especially if you already have them listed as a collaborative brand on your Instagram. Literally is a time of tell, a test of time and a, everything like that. We'll, de- we'll definitely see how that all goes. Yeah. I mean, even like, for example, Apple just came out with an event this week for the April event and everyone's posting those photos on Twitter. And obviously there's this component of like the custom hashtag, which affects the way that the like button looks on Twitter. So like likes are just a part of platforms. And I think trying to regulate that and create the most equitable situation where like mental health is not severely impacted is awesome. But I think that just dismissing the likes as a feature as a whole could have implications of being problematic that maybe we don't suspect right now on the creator economy. I think on the general person, if they're universally removed, there would be a net positive there. Mm -hmm. That kind of brings us into the Apple event announcement, which I'm actually stoked about. This is, I think, my second Apple event that I actually got an email to be invited to. Wait, you got an invite to this? Yeah. That is sick. Congratulations. Thank you. So it's virtual, obviously. So like, it's not like I'm like jet setting off to California, but still incredible, still stoked about it. And we're expecting so much stuff from this event. I think, Darsh, we should start with potential Easter eggs in the event announcement and then kind of go through the actual things that we're expecting here. Okay, so is it just me or does everyone see the two E's. Yes. Like, here's the thing. Initially, I was like, okay, this looks like a spring. Now I was like, okay, it looks like a paintbrush. Now I'm thinking, okay, no, no, it's two E's. They're definitely spelling something. I don't know what. <laughs> Seems likely. I definitely think it could also just be a spring. Who knows? The E's, I've read someone on Twitter was saying that maybe it's like education and entertainment because of the iPad Pro that's expected to be launched. So that's possible. I feel like with Apple, it's so subtle. And now we have two Apple event announcements. So we have WWDC, which they announced actually before this April event, mm-hmm. but that's happening after. And there was a ton of speculation about AR glasses or AR in general and all these other things based on that event announcement. And now this one feels slightly more subtle to me, but there definitely is like a theme or an Easter egg here because.
because there always is. Well, okay. So my first guess of something that would announce just based off the invite would be a new Apple Pencil. The way that you look at the way that everything's drawn, like it's it looks like it was drawn on an iPad. Like it, it very much looks smooth, continuous, like true on screen drawn. And like we've been needing an Apple Pencil update for a while. So I feel like with the new iPads that are rumored to come out, there also will be a new Apple Pencil. That's actually really, I didn't think about that before, but that's a really interesting point. It definitely looks like an Apple Pencil stroke, mm -hmm. which kind of brings us right into the first rumor is that there is going to be, this is a pretty like certain one. We're expecting it, the new iPad Pro. I'm excited. We think it's going to come in the same two sizes as before. So still 11 and 12.9. And some people are suspecting that the changes won't be extremely visual design changes, but we're going to expect a new system chip from Apple that will have like the updated CPU, GPU, neural engine, etc. So that will just be huge for performance upgrades and stuff like that. But I think that the biggest update will be the new display technology, which we're again expecting it to be mini LED and that will allow for like better contrast and better color in general. Mm -hmm. Mini LED is actually technology that they're using on like high-end 4K TVs. Like this is like a legit really premium technology. And I feel like Apple is already so far ahead in the tablet arena and that every single time they update a device, it just gets further and further and further ahead. I 100% agree with that. And I think that's something that's really exciting for me just thinking about it is the fact that the M1 processor was actually comparable to that of the last iPad Pro's actual silicon. So I can only imagine how powerful this next silicon is going to be coming from Apple for the iPad Pro. Will it be as fast as the bottom line MacBook Air or would it be something that's a little bit throttled down to keep some differentiation between the two device lineups? Because I feel like if we're going full Apple Silicon for everything, the odds of there becoming a blurred line between the iPad and the Mac, I feel like it's very possible for like very light users. People who are competing between buying an iPad Pro or a MacBook Air, they're around the same price, which one has more power? So like those kind of questions I feel like would be really interesting, which also leads to another rumor that I which I also picked up on spring loaded. Like I'm thinking spring loaded. I'm thinking folio case just potentially after last year's release of the, of the magic keyboard. I feel like they're going to get a 2.0 yeah. or else why else would we be talking springs, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's spring loaded so that it like closes and opens really quick or like it's really sturdy. I think also it could refer to like spring colors because they normally like launch new colors with each season. Ooh. But just going back to what you said about the iPad pro versus Mac, I've actually had friends like ask me that aren't interested in technology at all. Should I buy a MacBook air? Or should I buy an iPad pro? And it actually, in my experience, has never Never come down to the processor power, but it's instead always come down to like, how long will this device last me? And then also use case, like the iOS system. So I don't think that Apple will throttle the iPad with the processor because they feel like people then will buy that instead of the MacBook Air because the OS experience is still like vastly different. But that's a thing that like, I, I feel like is changing though. Like as time progresses with the iPad, iPad OS has become its own thing. And it really started growing out of the shadow of the of iOS. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think 100% the iPad will forever just be the iPad iPad. But like for me, someone just thinking about it, like I honestly wouldn't be opposed to getting a Magic Keyboard and iPad Pro and then selling my MacBook Pro and getting like a Mac Mini or something. Because I feel like for me, that would be more effective in terms of like just keeping me productive and keeping me doing everything I got to do. That's crazy. I would never do that. But the OSs are getting more and more similar right now. They're still vastly different, but like five years from now, they could have a lot of similarities. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like chipset is not the main factor in why people buy an iPad or don't buy an iPad. So I mean, well, let's do a poll. Let's test this theory yeah so everyone listening right now tweeted us at digital dipod let us know what you guys think of ipad processing power versus lower end macbooks would you actually consider getting an ipad over a macbook purely because of the chip is that something that you guys would be interested in because i've seen videos of people editing 4k video on last year's ipad pro in the 2021 so i could only imagine what the 2021 will be able to do because my laptop can barely do 4k video editing that smoothly because there's no fan in that ipad pro <laughs> it's gonna be really interesting to see i used an ipad pro actually for a while to take notes and stuff mm -hmm. this is year 
years ago for classes and it was just it worked but it was not a fun experience like the novelty of it wore off real quick like I really liked it for a little bit but then kind of wore off after over time because it was harder to open up files and save files and organize etc so it's gonna be interesting to kind of see just to quickly round off what we're expecting from the Apple event as well possibly an iPad mini hasn't been updated in a while right now they're like these huge bezels honestly I'm not really sure though I really hope it has a better screen to body ratio same with the normal iPad I feel like at this point the iPad Air and the iPad Pro have both switched design languages and I feel like the old iPads now like the regular iPad and the iPad mini both just kind of seem off-putting which is why I would really hope for at least for the iPad mini to get a new design update I feel like the normal iPad is still the entry-level one because it is actually technically cheaper than the iPad mini so it would be interesting to see if they upgraded the iPad and they added or made it look a little different yeah and then also potentially Apple Silicon Max again these are just like things that we could potentially see, but who knows? And then maybe an update to the HomePod lineup or Apple TV. The HomePod mini actually just got an update, which I've been loving recently. Dirk, I don't know if you've seen the HomePod mini before, but when you bring your phone near it, it switches the audio source to the HomePod mini. Yeah. And it feels like magic. It works so well. Mm -hmm. And they've actually updated it to be even better. So when you bring your phone close to the HomePod mini, the haptics in your phone start going a little crazy. So you can like feel it that you're getting close. And then the lights on the top of the HomePod mini start like lighting up and stuff. Because in the past, like you'd be able to transfer it, but it'd be a little hard to figure out where to put your phone it was a little finicky and now you could just put your phone next to it easily tell that you're approaching it and it connects so we could potentially see homepod mini updates via software or an actual update or apple tv stuff but i think that the main focus of the event is going to be ipad focused i don't know i'm excited about it darsh i think that we should take a quick coffee break right now because we've been talking for a while and when we come back we'll talk about spotify's first hardware product which is literally unreal i'm stoked for it and then the tcl rollable phone and kind of just like rollable phones and weird form factors as a whole and then we'll round off this week with some stuff that we like this week All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. I really do hope you guys got some coffee. I've actually been drinking for the first time in a while, a lot of espresso as of late, mostly because I'm doing my final exams. And also I released a new video and that took a lot of time and drained me a lot. So go check that out as well. So I don't feel as drained and it doesn't flop. Anywho. Dude, the, the video was actually on MP3s, which is music. And one of the main things that Dark was talking about was streaming services and how they've kind of changed the platform. Epic video, by the way. Thank you. Like so good. Love the hook. Storytelling, incredible. Definitely check it out. Spotify is like this big company with streaming and stuff and they've gotten have gotten more into like the podcast arena as well and music but up until now they've been a purely software-based company well, can you guess what happened can you guess what happened they got hardware stuff now <laughs> give a rundown of what the hardware is Darsh sent this article to me and i was just like oh my gosh this is so freaking cool okay so essentially what it is is that it's a screen that has a knob on it the knob itself is like kind of like a volume rocker slash like a touch sensitive display it's basically a device that you can put into your car and it works with your car to present music and it's basically like a Spotify streaming device. Literally the entire purpose behind it is just to stream Spotify. The ideology, the understanding is like when you're in the car, your phone shouldn't be a distraction nor should it be your focus. And when it comes to driving, you should let your phone do phone things like call and stuff like that and you should leave a different device for music. So what they decided to do was build something for the car. It was a thingy-majig that would be for the car that they named Car Thing. See what I did with the thingy-majig thing? <laughs> I thought it was funny. This new device is basically a pretty big touchscreen, a huge knob that you use for now 
navigation voice control features with a Hey Spotify feature. So literally not even saying Hey Google or anything like that. It's literally Hey Spotify. Which I actually love because it means that you won't accidentally activate your phone. Yes. Saying like, Hey Siri or wow, I, just, I set off my Siri doing that. I set off my Google too. That's what I just, I literally just pulled away and just had to go check too. <laughs> you won't have to do any of that. I think it's actually really smart. And obviously like when you're driving, the purpose of driving is to not like be looking at your music and stuff. So the voice controls are huge and you can kind of do things like, Hey Spotify, play rock music, play my favorites, play more like this, like all the different things are built into the app and it's for premium Spotify users. So there's not like advertisements and stuff. And I've actually noticed in the application on Spotify recently, they have like the daily drive mix, Mm -hmm. which is like what you would listen to when you're doing your commute. And it's a combination of news and music and podcasts and things like that. So it makes a lot of sense that they launched that and now are launching this car product. It kind of feels cohesive in terms of like pricing and things like that. It seems like you can get it for free, excluding shipping, which is like $7 for a limited time. If you're a Spotify premium user, you can like join their list, but it seems like it's going to retail for $79.99, which honestly, not that expensive for like a full on touchscreen. It's not built in software and the knob is so freaking clutch because it's like easy to touch and access. It's on the passenger side, so they can easily control the aux without actually being an aux. Yeah. Question for you, Darsh. Do you think it has speakers? First question for you. And if it doesn't, how do you think it connects to the car speaker? So I'll break down everything for you that's kind of help figure it out. So basically the way it works is that it works with your car. So you plug it in through any way that you'd usually use like or plug in your phone. So the same way that like if I sit in my car right now and I plug in via Bluetooth, I connect to my car via Bluetooth and an FM transmitter and I do it like that, like an old fashioned way, it does the same thing. It connects through Bluetooth. So the purpose behind it was to make a platform or make a device that you can put in an old car. Different research and reports have actually shown that most cars currently in the United States that are on the road are at least around 11 years old. Like, like a lot of them are. There's a huge portion of them because the average car lasts some people up to 18 years. So if that's accurate information, then we can assume that a lot of cars don't actually have touchscreens or proper infotainment centers, including actually myself. Like I, when I go home, I, I drive my brother's car. It's like a really old minivan, actually kind of fun to drive. And it doesn't have any Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, nothing like that. I use an FM transmitter with Bluetooth. So it's kind of meant for people like that who can just connect via Bluetooth and then have this little screen attached to, I don't know if there's going to be a mount or how it's going to be necessarily mounted. Yeah, there's a mount in the back. It can like slide into like your ventilation or something. Yeah, it looks like a vent one. Also, it connects to your phone. So it uses your mobile data or your Wi-Fi connection with your smartphone to make it work. You need a Spotify premium account so you can actually do everything with it. Like you can listen to your music with ad-free stuff and that's why you need it. You need ad-free. But I think it's really cool because it, it literally offers users the ability to connect this thing to their car. Side note, it works with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Yeah, and you can connect it via Bluetooth or AUX or anything like that. Yeah, but my question is like this, like why wouldn't they just update the Spotify application in Apple CarPlay and Android Auto to include all this stuff anyway? Like why would you need to pick this up if you already had Android Auto or Apple CarPlay? A lot of cars don't have touchscreens as you just said. I, I just mean, I mean for them though, like for the Apple CarPlay and Android Auto users, yes, of course it should be a capacity feature, but would they actually update the application themselves too to act the same and work the same? I bet that they will. And actually, so you can mount this in your CD, your dash or your vent. And I bet that they will update it. But what I will say is that like, it's kind of nice to have a device just for music. Mm -hmm. Even if you like kept this like not mounted anywhere and like the passenger side just had it to just have it be Spotify and have everything so easily accessible there and have like a separate command for, hey, Spotify play blank. That's kind of cool. But I think that the market is more so going to be people that don't have cars that have displays 
is, which is why I think they're pricing it at a pretty reasonable price of like $80. Oh, 100%. That's one of the things I'm actually so excited about. I mean, so currently it's only available in the US if you actually want it, which to me is kind of a bummer. But it is seeming like a really, really cool idea because this is something that like I would actually implement or like put into any car that I would drive. Like if I buy a car right now, my current state while I'm in school, I'd buy like an absolute trash car. Like I would be like a beater and I would want good music. I would want like a touchscreen or something to make it feel extra techie. And I feel like this is the exact thing that I would be looking for to get. And like, literally, this is so cool. Like I'm literally looking at it right now. I'm looking at the pictures. The CD mount looks dope. The dash mount looks dope. The vent mount looks dope. I'm really, really into this. I'm also really wired on coffee. I hope you guys are enjoying your coffee, by the way. Yeah, it, it is really cool. It's awesome when you see like a software-based company get into hardware. Oh yeah. It's super exciting because hardware-based products a lot of companies don't get the software right. Mm -hmm. And if your forte is really software first and then you launch hardware, like you're in a good spot. It just hit me really, really quick. Jack, I sent you a picture of this. It is hilarious how similar this looks like to the Zune. Wow. Yeah, kind of. Like it looks like a Zune. So for people who don't know, so Zune was Microsoft's competitor to the iPod when it first ever came out. I actually used to have one. I have one sitting around my my house somewhere. It literally looks like, it looks very, very reminiscent of that of a Zune. I just had to bring that up because I thought it was so funny. Dude, funny story about that. When I was getting my first iPod ever, I remember like going to the store like with my parents I think it was like a birthday present or something mm -hmm. the iPod wasn't really that popular yet or like the iPod touch whatever it was I forget now and there was like a competitor it was either Zune or like something made by a different company same price I literally could not decide which one to get like Apple did not have that much of a stronghold yet where it was like you must get the iPod or the iPod touch and then they really just like freaking took off and like now they're like the standard there was a time before when they weren't well they had a lot of competition because there was really no differentiation factor that they had I feel like what really took them off was when the app store actually got created created because yeah. they eventually built the monopoly around apps like applications literally are a monopoly now or an oligopoly because it's just apple and google play that pretty much run the game yeah and also like their software experience is really good and a lot of smartphones just really do not hit it off with software experience obviously like with foldables or this week i made a video called like why lg couldn't survive which we talked a lot about in our previous podcast episode and one of the main things that i said was software just wasn't there and there were repeatable glitches with this form factor and the form factor advantages weren't enough because the uh, software was so faulty. I think we're going to see that a lot with like all these alternative form factor phones because they have to optimize for multiple aspect ratios and screen sizes, etc. Mm -hmm. instantaneously. Like you can easily fold out your phone and it needs to work immediately. And I think that TCL may have that issue and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it with their concept phone, which basically is a 6.8 inch 7 phone, right? That then converts into a 10 inch tablet. It's this really interesting concept where the folding mechanism is different than what we've seen before. So I'm really excited about it and obviously this is in the wake of LG shutting down their mobile lineup and they also released a rollable phone concept a while ago mm -hmm. that was so freaking cool literally like the phone like you pulled it out and it rolled out and that felt to me like more like the future than even foldable phones did obviously sad to see LG go but it's interesting to see that TCL is kind of trying to innovate in the similar way see what I think is really cool is that like literally the branding for the smartphone phablet and tablet all in one because it's actually what it is it's literally taking a normal size phone making it then look like a galaxy fold and and then even further than that, making it look like a tablet. And I think that's actually something that's really, really interesting because it's, I don't know, it just looks so cool. And the Dragon Hinge itself looks incredible. It has me really, really excited for what the future holds, especially with TCL. I think the foldables for TCL could be where they take off because just from the looks of it, like they look really nice. They look so nice. It's a rollable. So you have like this foldable mechanism, but then you also have the aspect of the phone that rolls out. Like it's both. That looks so cool. Obviously, durability issues are going to be insane oh, because you have so many moving 
moving parts, but they have this really interesting opportunity here where if they can create a product that is affordable, I think that's going to be a huge factor because obviously the Samsung Fold is so expensive. Well, I mean, we both used the TCL 10 Pro when it came out. That was like a pretty affordable flagship phone. Decently enjoyed using the TCL 10 Pro, like not going to lie at all. For what the price was and for what it offered, I, I personally really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a really good phone actually. Obviously, there's like this whole rhetoric of like, oh, smartphones are boring now, which is just like so false. There is this whole innovation going on right now of everyone just trying out weird concepts and weird form factors. And the technology is finally there where they can experiment. And rollable just feels huge to me. Foldable, obviously, is super exciting. And yeah, there's not really that many people innovating in this space right now where TCL definitely could have a really cool opportunity. It's interesting though, because they have to obviously set up the software for multiple form factors, like three, the regular phone, like the phablet, and then the full on tablet. How they do that will really determine how successful this product is because like with the first foldable phone I think it was like the flex pie the software was so bad that it made the phone unusable like the experience was not good mm-hmm. so if the hardware is there but the software is not you're in like a really problematic zone so I kind of feel like it will have to be like a culmination of great software great hardware and a good price I 100% agree and that's the biggest thing too with phablets and like foldables in itself like they need to be decently priced enough where like it's actually extended over to more people like I personally think that for myself, like I would never go to a foldable this early on. If you asked me five months ago, I probably would have said I would. But looking at it now, like I'm just thinking there's so many cool new foldables coming out. I wouldn't want to commit to buying one right now just because I feel like I want to see all the new ones that come out and all the cool technologies coming out. Because you're right. Like I feel like quarantine too, as kind of like a catalyst has really helped like a lot of innovation. Everyone's kind of sitting around doing nothing. They were kind of just bored and everyone wanted to figure out something to do. So TCL, for example, sat down and like, yo, we should make a rollable phone. And someone's like, yo, that's genius. And they started working on it. Like that kind of stuff. I feel like there's a lot of innovation that might come out of this pandemic that we didn't actually anticipate. They've been working on it though for a very long time. Like a lot of companies have been working on rollable like pre-pandemic. There was a showing of a bunch of rollable phones like way before the pandemic even started. Mm -hmm. So it's been an idea, but there hasn't been a brand yet that like has pushed it full force because obviously it takes a lot to do the software and the hardware. It's just kind of interesting to like see where we've come from, obviously with like more like retro tech to where we are now with all these really interesting concepts and eventually maybe AR glasses, which replace phones. Like there's this huge future with technology and anyone that thinks that phones are plateaued is just so wrong because there's going to be this huge, huge, huge opportunity for tons of innovation. Genuinely, I really, really hope so. The slab brick phone that I keep in my pocket all the time, I don't know how to do it anymore. But something that I think is really cool though is that these companies really, really are pushing the boundary on it. And I think that's really awesome. But companies that are also pushing the boundaries are really, really awesome companies such as Mercedes, which is actually the first stuff we liked this week. Ooh, smooth. I was watching the PGA tournament last weekend. Thank you, actually. What is it? PGA championships or masters? Yeah, it was a masters. I was watching one of my roommates and I kept seeing the same ad. Wasn't for anything else other than the new Mercedes that was recently announced, the Mercedes-Benz EQS. It's a luxury sedan. And I didn't want to like talk about it this week because we don't I don't know too much too much about it. So I didn't really have much to speak on it. But just genuinely looking at it, the idea that Mercedes is making a full electric car that's supposed to be super, super modern interior. Like the entire thing is a touchscreen from the driver's side to the center to the passenger side. I was sold. I was like, this is basically an S-Class packed with a huge battery that you can get, I think it was up to 700 kilometers, 770 kilometers in range or 478 miles miles. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm not even into cars and like that still sounds dope. For anyone that is new to the podcast, this is our segment Stuff We Like This Week, where we basically talk about anything in the tech world, pop culture, like literally just things that we like this week. My first one is actually a YouTube original series from a fellow YouTuber and friend, Marquez Brownlee. Retro Tech came back for season two and it is so freaking good so far. Wait, it's, it's back? Like really, really good. No way, it's back. Yeah, it came back earlier this week and it's uh so well produced. The concepts are really interesting. The branding feels really cohesive 
it's like it's really good i highly recommend that everyone should go check it out yo that is sick so, okay here's the thing guys i haven't been online much lately like like literally barely been online but hearing that actually has me very very excited because i have been looking for new content to watch and if retro tech is back i am going to be very very happy i love that series i watched it all the time last year whenever it came out initially i was just on that but something i like this week which i already kind of plugged already but i'm gonna plug it again just in case you guys didn't remember i posted my first video in like a month this week out of nowhere i just it was at a it was a school assignment i tweeted about it and someone was like yeah post it and i was like okay cool i'll post it and so i posted it so if anyone would like to go watch it go check it out it's on the history of mp3s and the future of streaming and how the music industry has changed over time it's a little less techy than usual but i do talk a lot about the like specifics behind the mp3 so if you're a nerd like me on that kind of stuff it's like tech meets storytelling yeah it's really good darsh does this mean that we're back to a consistent posting schedule from you not at all i am currently finishing up my final exams <laughs> and i'm trying to reconfigure how my channel is going to look think somewhere along the lines of maybe some like vlogs maybe we'll see i i'm i'm kind of like trying to figure out where i want to what i want to do in the space so we'll see all right well that sounds dope we'll take anything we can get from you my next one for this week is actually this like weird lighter that i posted on my instagram i'm sure that everyone has like dealt with like a normal candle lighter where it's like eventually it like runs out mm -hmm. this one's like a rechargeable lighter that just looks really really cool and i've been using it to light a candle that i bought which is a coffee scented candle recommended <laughs> darsh told me i should get a coffee scented candle so i did and I freaking love it. It smells incredible. I'm actually lighting it like right now. Nice. It smells so good. And it literally just makes my morning to just like smell something. That's me lighting it right now. To just like smell something that smells like coffee. So highly recommend you get a coffee scented candle. I also just got like coffee soap. Everything coffee smells incredible. Just pick that. That is actually, that's a really, really cool. So where is this lighter from? Where'd you get it from? What's it, what's it called? It is called the Reda, maybe? R-E-I-D-E-A. It's kind of like this bronze pink color and you can like use it to light candles and stuff. So it's sweet. It's small. It looks like futuristic. It felt like a nice addition to the studio. This looks so cool. Right? It, it, it's very cool. I just posted it on Twitter a couple days back. It looks like a, it's like a taser, but like it's not a taser. <laughs> Like it, lo it looks like it looks like a pen and a taser had a baby. Yes. Okay. I can see that. It's like mini. It's cute. Yeah. I love this. This is so cool. Speaking of mini cute things, Darsh, that coffee thing I sent you, it just got here. For anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, I got like literally a Starbucks cup, but miniaturized with like coffee in it, buffet coffee. <laughs> and it looks so cool. It's like my new favorite prop. I'm literally in love with it. No, that, that's honestly so, so fair. I have another stuff we like this week. So I picked up more fake plants from my apartment and I absolutely love them. I don't know what it is about going to the dollar store and buying fake plants that make me so happy, but it's so so nice i don't know what it is about like little decorations like that even with the tiny little starbucks stuff like it looks so cool especially around like the space that you're in all the time like it just makes things feel homier I like it. Agreed. My next one for this week is actually an album launch. Olivia Rodrigo, who we talked about a lot on this podcast because she had like the biggest song of the year so far with Driver's License. Mm -hmm. Then Deja Vu came out. It was incredible. And now she just launched her album. No way. Yeah. Colin Asimo ran a video recently about people that are able to kind of leverage the internet and turn on and off switches to get the result that they want. Mm -hmm. They were talking about the controversy with Little Nas X and how like he took over the internet with Montero and his shoes and like all the controversy around that and how he knew like which levers to pull to get different reactions yeah and i think that she does a really really good job with that as well so she sent out letters to each individual part of the world she would send it to like the united states but then she'd also send it to europe and all these different places like london etc specific letters teasing different parts of the song so she would include like the track number within the letter like oh it's been eight days since i listened to music last and then like that would be a reference to a song that's coming out or something like that and i just feel like the way that she like included easter eggs and had all the different like parts of the world 
world working together was super interesting and um, the album is coming out on May 21st so definitely super stoked to listen to it. Wow that's actually dope. I don't have anything just as good as that. I do have one thing so I made a really really cool montage the other day. It was really cool but I didn't actually realize how dope this audio was for it so I used Eminem's Lock It Up with Anderson Pack, and it, it's like it just one of my. It's a really good song. I really like the song, and I wanted to share that with you guys because if you guys are looking to make like really cool montages with hip hop music, look for like stuff with Eminem, Anderson Pack, like stuff that's like a nice mix of both hip hop and R and B. Like I get a lot of questions from people about like how I do my montages because I do a lot of montages. And my probably my favorite thing to do. So yeah, like try to find like cool hip hop music that encompasses like a like a nice slow, but also then like a nice drop that picks it up really quick, so you can get the best of both worlds. And I think that's pretty much it on my part, Jacqueline. Do you have anything else when it comes to stuff we like this week? Dude, there's so many things, but I think that we should leave you wanting more maybe. And you can come back next week for stuff we like this week if you want to hear more of our recommendations. I just want to give a huge shout out to Luke, who's our incredible editor and Adil Constantine who made our incredible intro and outro music and the last thing I'll say is that I know sometimes like we'll give you like so many things to do as a listener you don't need to do any of them if you don't want to but the one that would be awesome if you only do one thing every episode if you enjoy the episodes and you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts that truly like helps with the algorithm I guess of like getting the episode out to more people and I think the biggest thing is like if you enjoy the episode and you have friends that also like tech if you share the episode with them like word of mouth that really is like the ultimate way to grow a podcast so it would mean the world to us if you want to do that thank you so much for giving us like 40 minutes of your week every week we do not take that for granted we know that's like an incredible gift and we're super grateful for your support exactly thank you guys so much for listening hope you guys have a fantastic week ahead of you because this is coming out on monday so make sure always check monday mornings 8 a.m eastern 7 a.m central check out your podcast app because we are probably posted so go check that out guys thank you guys so much for listening check out our socials and everything under the sun below just check out the description and go check it out have a good week guys thanks so much for listening bye